Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. <clears throat> AT&T connects an O to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Yep, you heard it straight out of Vegas Friday and it was Saturday. It is Cofield along with RJ Bell. We like to say hi to the listeners from coast to coast, 330 Fox stations nationwide. As Looney would say, sea to shiny sea. I tell you, you think May, maybe things slow down a little bit, right? Because you're in August, September, October, November, December, January, into the Super Bowl, and you're like, okay, we're going to get a break, the batters. And then you got like two or three weeks in February where the hardcore are going college basketball and some NBA. But some people back up, but then conference tournaments, even a week early this year with the Big Ten being a week early, then all through March Madness. And you're like, okay, but then you got the Masters, and now we're into the Derby. What a weekend. NBA, the draft aftermath, Kentucky Derby, and we'll tease ahead. We've got an 0-61 trend in the Derby that you've got to invo- you've gotta avoid. Showtime! Woo! I find now that from a gambling standpoint, like July 11th to the 18th is the slow week. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Because I get so amped up for the hot dog eating contest. <laughs> like that takes over my whole life for a week. You know, I do. Uh, <laughs> I do about 20 segments a week, hits a week during football, and maybe a dozen all year. So there's you know a little bit more than half do it all year. And the hot dog eating week, we do spend, you know, let's say the normal segment I do is about 12 minutes. We do about half that talking hot dogs. 
It's awesome. It's a great <laughs> contest, and now it's actually a competition. There's so always that's, something to That's bet. the ultimate tease ahead, like two months away. All right. Tonight, the Vegas lead, two lopsided games in the West. Lopsided is a little strong. Let's say one surprise, one lopsided. Golden State. Boy, they were rolling. Curry's back. Hey, forget about it, right? Pelicans can't compete. Then the Pelicans come out tonight, and they actually were handling GSW pretty easily. Final margin, 119-110, but... Golden State loses as a five-point favorite, so now we got a 2-1 series. We talk about the zigzag in the NBA playoffs. What's that? It means when a team does particularly well, which means the other team did poorly, that other team feels a need to really ramp it up. Well, the ultimate zigzag is when a home team in Game 3 is down 0-2. You lose that game, you're in big, big trouble. You win that game, hey, we win one more, now it's a three-game series. The emotions are huge in that swing, and there's systems out there, and for those a little bit more savvy betting-wise, there's a big, big trend. If you bet the home team, so it would have been the Pelicans in this situation, down 0-2, game three, in the first half, the theory is, okay, whatever energy edge there is, it's, it's bigger early, the crowd, the players, etc. So anyone that says the old spinal tap, hey, it doesn't go past 10, well, no way can you say the Pelicans didn't have more energy fighting for their lives than Golden State did in that game. So a couple of interesting notes. This rarely happens, but it happened tonight. I don't think you can beat Golden State trying to out-three them. But in this case, actually, the Pelicans were more than respectable, and they were plus 15 from three. But the most important thing. So 15 points. Plus 15 points. So they made five more threes. But the most important point, and I talked about this when this series was starting, because I didn't think the Pelicans were a good matchup because the Pelicans have. Why was that? Because the Pelicans have bigs who want to face the basket. Miritich wants to shoot from three, and Anthony Davis is a reverse pivot guy. Basically, he'll get the ball in position in the post, but he wants to square up and then face the basket. Well, he's going against a smaller defender. So this game, they finally did it right. They got the ball inside. Take advantage of your size. So Miritich and Anthony Davis combined for 49 points and 31 rebounds, and inside, they had a 54-36 advantage in the paint. They crushed them on the board, so they finally played big. Finally made... Draymond Green look a little bit smaller rather than allow him to defend 15 feet from the basket. Yeah, I mean, listen, the real technical X's and O's in the NBA are beyond me. And I think as a batter, it's very important to know. And I think I'm well, well, well above average for a fan. But to beat the market, you've got to be one, you know, one of the 0.1% in any given area. Certainly not for me in the NBA. But it does feel like that in every sport, if you go strength against strength, you're in trouble. And we see it in college football all the time. Two really fast-paced teams, and one of them's just clearly got better athletes. Well, you're playing their game, just not doing it as well. Golden State's the best at what they do. It seems like common sense tells us the formula to beat Golden State is to do something different. Obviously, the Pelicans have... Some personnel you would think that could do that. But boy, you just got to wonder. And this is one of those kind of barroom conversations. Like if Kareem could be teleported here by a time machine, how would Kareem do? He'd still be great. 
because you have to cover them on the low block and you'd have to have big guys and you'd have to have the ability to double them. You can't, you wouldn't be able to have with the sky hook, you couldn't have six, seven Draymond Green covering Kareem all the time. Now, now on the other end, this is the great debate. Can Kareem defend a stretch center? Is Kareem going to want to be running out? Especially when the Lakers won a lot when Kareem was an old guy. Yeah, that's the thing. It's almost like Andre the Giant, right? Big documentary Simmons did. <laughs> but but what I mean I is we all remember, yeah. uh, especially we're in our mid-40s, people our age, Steve, is Andre WrestleMania three, right? And But Andre in the 70s was much thinner, much more mobile. Most of us our age remember, and even if you're older, the NBA just wasn't on TV near as much. We all know about, what was it, the 79 NBA Finals that was actually on tape delay, you know, before Magic and Bird. We've yeah. all heard that story. Yeah. So even if you were watching Cream with the Bucks or whatever, it, it, you didn't see him all that much. I, a young Kareem, can he, could he have got out there? I don't know. But to wrap up that element, Gottlieb today was in for Colin on the herd, and he was talking about, in college basketball, the matchup between Villanova and Kansas. And Gottlieb felt strongly Villanova was in a great spot, ended up being the case. Here was his rationale. The Villanova center could guard adequately Big enough. the Kansas center, but the Kansas center couldn't guard yeah. him on the perimeter. Spellman at 68265 could cover a seven footer, but the seven footer couldn't cover Spellman shooting threes on the perimeter. Yes, and, and Gottlieb was clearly right about that. So to me, that's the question is if you can have and, and I think that that number five is where this happens at. And sometimes you see it the other way with the small guard is a Muggsy Bogues, obviously going back a little bit. He could score, who's he gonna guard? And if he can score, if you could stop Muggsy defensively and score on him, well, big edge there, right? So I think at, at the smallest player and the biggest player, there's a chance for there to be a, a, a monopoly almost where you can score on them, but they can't on you. And if that happens, it's hard to overcome. And the small matchup, we'll get to with the Sixers and the Celtics. One last point, and it's probably the most important point that people can make a connection with in this Golden State game against New Orleans, losing now a 2-1 series, 119-110, to Steph Curry. We talked about what is Steph Curry going to be like when he comes back. He's not going to be 100%. So he comes out and everyone's like, oh my God, Steph's awesome. 28 points, 27 minutes. He's fine. Well, if you actually watch the game, He's not, We're he, talking about game three. That was now. game three. That was his first game back. Check that. Game two. That was his first game back. Uh, yes. But he actually, athletically, you can see he's lacking a little bit of burst. He shot from deep an awful lot. He doesn't have great side to side right now. He's not 100%. So then tonight, uneven play as he comes back. He was three of nine from three, six of 19 from the floor. So do we have a series or not? Because the betting markets say this isn't much of a series. And all of a sudden now, the Warriors, who you could get to win the West at about even money. Three weeks ago, to win the West, even money, now about minus 180. So there's been a big uptick with GSW. And we talked about this, and I want to repeat it. I think unequivocally, Golden State played better without Curry than we expected. Winning the first three against the Spurs, winning in five there, winning game one against the Pelicans, and with the margin they had, exceeded expectations. They were upgraded significantly because of that. But I was talking with another Fox guy on air today. I do hit with him every Friday. The Gorman cousins, Steve Gorman, drummer for the Black Crows, professional great drummer. I said, 
imagine if you never played with brushes. So usually drummers play with sticks, right? But if it's acoustic, they're playing with brushes. So you hear the rhythm, but it's not overwhelming the sound. If a guy hardly ever played with brushes and you would think, you know, I don't think he's good with brushes. If he comes on unplugged and does an amazing job, you're going to be, I'm shocked. He did so much better than I expected. <laughs> but if the next show is electric with sticks, does it matter that the brushes were so good? So to extend the analogy, the slower paced Warriors without Curry in those six games, the first series plus one, exceeded expectations. Players getting time that won't with Curry healthy, and I'll put that in quotes, healthy. Now, the fact that they were so upgraded, the Warriors, because of that overperformance, I'm not sure how applicable it is because now Curry's back. And after game two, I thought, okay, one good game, but boy, that's not enough to convince me. Now, how did Curry look to you tonight? About the same. He's got some limitations. And, and you, felt, just... you felt that after game two? Yeah. So now the, it would seem to me the Warriors, the expectation was they would have Curry back healthy for the last two playoff rounds at minimum. If he still stays at less than 100%, it strikes me that you've got to downgrade Golden State because just like the brushes and drums, what matters? Who cares without Curry how well they played? Now they got Curry, different game plan, and now they're one and one. With Curry, I don't see any reason the Warriors should be upgraded. I think they're still the favorite, but I think there's real value on the Rockets because of the disparity in the odds being so in favor of the Warriors and the Rockets being in the plus 250 range. It's straight out of Vegas coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. On the way back, we will get to the Rockets. Very easy victory. Don't look at the final margin because this was a 30-point game for much of the game. We'll break that down and look at the Rockets' chances moving forward. Straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! It's Straight Out of Vegas, brought to you by Granger, the products and services you need when you need them. Granger's got your back. Granger, for the ones who get it done, Steve Cofield, RJ Bell. Well, listen, Steve, I don't want you to get nervous, okay? But I get shaken easily. Thank you. We got Tom Looney texting me. Oh, no. During the segments, giving me critiques and such. Is Tom mad at me? No, no. I just want you to know we've got one of the great radio guys in the sports world, and I mean that sincerely listening. And you're in no position to challenge my expertise. So don't be nervous. Oh, okay. That was it. <laughs> That's it. I was waiting for more just telling you. I thought you were setting up some elaborate Tom Looney story. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of those, but we'll wait until June when it's a little slower. <laughs> All right, so Golden State, we got a series, or do we? Uh, 2-1, Golden State uh, now leads the series, 119-110 uh, loss to New Orleans. I was ready to call them the Saints. We have a line for Sunday. Yeah, so Sunday, Warriors on the road, game four again, favored by five. Let's think about that zigzag concept. Warriors favored by five in game three. Now you would think, okay, uh, Pelicans have proven they can win. That first one's going to be the toughest. Why doesn't the line go down? It's because of the zigzag. Warriors, in theory, are going to play more aggressively. Remember, guys, you can go pregame.com and click Game Center. We've got live lines from 21 different sources for free and the bet splits on the games. What percentage of cash on each game? On each team, what percentage of tickets? For example, today, 68% of the cash 
was on the Rockets. We're going to talk about that final now, and obviously the Rockets covered. Rockets win at 113.92, and let me tell you, it wasn't that close. It was 70-40 to 40 in the middle of the game, and one of the big stories, the rookie Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell has been awesome. He was terrible in this one. He couldn't shoot. He finished with 10 points. Uh, Ingles, who's been carrying him, just bombing away from three. He was 2 of 10. He had six. So the Rockets clearly motivated by the game two flop. Yeah, and and I think that as much as we look at the situation now and say, okay, we think the Warriors maybe were overly upgraded because of their play without Curry, but I also think you got to feel it's problematic, the Rockets. If you can come in and play like this on the road, and Utah's one of the toughest places to play in the NBA. Game three at crowd is going to be rocking as much as any NBA venue as big of a home court as any NBA venue, and if you can win easily, then how do you lose game two at home? I get that there's vagaries, the randomness of threes, but it feels like the Rockets, you would think you got 16 games to win in the playoffs, 4-4, four, 4-4, four, four, and four. you would think they'd be focused every game, at least where, again, the whole zigzags assumption is you can take it a little past 10 but the idea of them being lax in game two, it, it makes me a little bit apprehensive about this Rockets team. No doubt. This is what we talked about months ago. You know, GSW, I think, is a more consistent team. And right now, Curry is less than 100%. And they're still playing pretty well. They lost the game tonight, but I think they bounced back. All right, let's look at the Cavaliers. Let's go to the East. Hey, you were sticking with the Cavaliers. People are freaking out. Hey, they're going to lose the series to the Pacers. You kept saying, a great team has to knock off. It's going to have to be a great team that takes out LeBron James and Toronto through the first, or should I call them LeBronto? Is that a mistake? <laughs> LeBronto, King of the North, LeBron goes up across the border and they pull I, off I, this. I think you're going a little too far. Yeah, with they the pull names. off this beautiful victory in game one. And LeBron doesn't even play well. And then game two, forget about it. Toronto's playing a decent game. They're up seven late in the first half. Uh, second half, all of a sudden, they're down 15, 18 points. They wind up getting blown out. Just. Crushed, and now Cleveland's going back home up to nothing. And the in the East, think about this. Think about how much the East has changed. My God, I looked at this. Cavaliers before this series to win the East were plus three seventy five. I looked at it. I'm like, I have to bet that. Did I? Of course not. So a hundred would have won you three seventy five on the Cavaliers to win the East. They were the third choice. The Cavaliers. And at what point did you see those odds? That was before the series started. Before the series against Toronto. So they had already. Before the, the Eastern Conference, across the board, both series had not started yet. Okay. Um, so, to me, I have been right here on Straight Out of Vegas pounding my fist that I think the Cavs had been, had been overrated. And it's LeBron's LeBron, and there was always a sense, hey, he can turn it on whenever he wants. And I think there's some truth to that at this point. I mean, he's, he's, he's conserving his energy and does he always make the exact right decision, LeBron, about when to play hard, when not to? Who could? But boy, his instincts seem mighty good at that. Now, when the Pacers started being super competitive in that first series, everyone started saying, wow, maybe they don't have another gear. Because the assumption was that the Cavs had another gear. I'm not even sure if we're seeing another gear here. I think what we saw is what we're seeing is two things, A and B. A, 
is since LeBron became a champion, let's say he became a made man in the mafia parlance. As a champion, only three teams have defeated him in the playoffs. Well, two teams, Golden State twice, though obviously different seasons. And both of those, Cofield, great teams. Great. Not good, not mighty good, great. And then the Spurs, the year they won the title, in my opinion, a great team. That team specifically. And they blew out. I mean, that wasn't even close, the way they beat the Heat. So the question is, amongst the teams left in the East, Boston, 76ers, Toronto, which of them is even within hailing distance, shouting distance of greatness? Now, you could say, well, the Cavs are the worst supporting cast LeBron's had since he's become a champion. Okay, so say, well, one notch from greatness then. Let's say the, the, the supporting cast is down a notch for the Cavs. We'll say that maybe he can be beat by a team that's a notch down from greatness. I don't think these teams are three or four notches from greatness. I think highest upside, can they do it for six, seven games, is Philly. I say that a team down. that seventy days ago yep. was one hundred and ten to one to win the title. But I've said all along in the East, the safest bet as the second team is the Celtics, and I think the Celtics have shown that to this point. Their young players have stepped up. We'll get to the Celtics. The other big thing with the Cavaliers because LeBron goes for forty three and eight rebounds and fourteen assists. Most of the Cavaliers' fortune comes down to just getting some help. So J.R. Smith has been a different player in the series. He's had fifteen and twenty, and then Kevin Love. It's been uneven. He had seven in game one. He had 31 in game two. So if he gets some help, LeBron's going to put up his numbers. If he gets some help, they can win games. Uh, obviously. Yeah. And I agree 100%. And it can be different people. Like you said, it's LeBron plus one. And Kevin Love, we talked about it in the first segment. He, If he can guard Toronto's big man, and and it seems like that is, is a viable uh, option for him to guard, then they have a big advantage on offense with Love. And I think we're seeing that in the number five. Everyone's talking about Lou and, okay, he played Love at five. Well, if he can guard, then I think advantage Cleveland. One last thing. I said A and B, right? A is you got to have a great team for LeBron to get beat in an elimination game. He might get beat by 30 in a given game. Is he going to be beat in an elimination game against a non-great team? We haven't seen it for a long time. Long, long time. But number B, number two, is Toronto is thunderstruck. You're coming up with nicknames. Everyone's coming up with nicknames. Baby dinosaurs. LeBron's the meteor. Whatever the rationale here is or or the analogies are, is I think Toronto, remember, they went to Cleveland and won two games. Uh, Check that. They played two games. They could have won two games. And Toronto lost both of them. And we were right here on Straight Out of Vegas talking about it. And Fezzik, tomorrow night, him and Brad, two wise guys, two hours, starting at 10 o'clock Pacific, right here, Straight Out of Vegas on Fox Sports Radio. Saturday night, Fezzik's like, oh, you know, those games don't matter. I said, wow. It is now back in their heads. If they had somehow even won one of those, you could say, that's encouraging. Now, if Toronto would have won the first game, I don't think it would have mattered that they had lost those last two regular season games against the Cavs. But now, two regular season losses. Now you lose game one, a game you should have won, it would seem, and now you feel snake bit. 
So to me, they put themselves in a situation, the Raptors, to feel so snake bit by not winning either of the last two regular season games against the Cavs. Now, tomorrow, Cavs favored by four and a half at home in game three. You got a pick for us in best bet? You thinking about it? You no, save it? but I will say this. When, and this is a powerful concept, as a series progresses, the odds change for two reasons. One reason's obvious. You win game one, you've only got to win three more. You lose game one, you got to win four more. So the mathematics of winning the series get very different. Every win's 25% of what you need. So obviously winning a game is going to affect your odds greatly. And if you actually look at the Cavs entering this series, just the series now, Raptors before game one, minus 190, Cavs plus 170. Okay, so the Raptors now... Home court in the NBA is worth about minus 150. So that was saying Toronto was clearly the better team. Now, after game one, Cavs minus 125, Raptors plus 115. So it was about 50-50 after the first game with the Cavs a slight favor. Now, after two games only, Cavs minus 800, Raptors plus <laughs> 600. That's amazing. Now, I tweet out series odds and such on Twitter uh, pretty much every day. His Twitter handle is at RJ in Vegas. And thus, why did those series odds change so much? Number one was, okay, the mathematics of winning the series is different, right? But number two, there's been a total reevaluation of who the better team is, which is shocking after just two games. Because the line in game one in Toronto, home court's about four in the NBA, was seven and a half. So that means Toronto in that spot was three and a half points better plus home court. Now, in game three, Cleveland is minus four and a half, which means they're a half point better. So we've had a four-point swing between the power ratings on these two teams. I've never seen two games cause such a reevaluation. The market looks at Toronto and says, I don't care what you did during the regular season. You can't beat the Cavs. We're about five minutes away from getting to uh, some Kentucky Derby talk. And we've got a trend, and it's coming up right after the news update in which we have an 0-61 trend that the Kentucky Derby favorite falls into. But first, Kevin Figures with the latest. All right, guys, speaking of horses and people getting ran, the Rockets ran the Jazz off the floor in Utah, 113-92. to They take a two-games-to-one lead in their first-round series. James Harden with 25 points and 12 assists. Eric Gordon also had 25 off the bench for Houston, who held Utah to just 41% shooting from the field and had them commit 16 turnovers, where Houston scored 19 points off of those turnovers. Donovan Mitchell struggled from the field scoring just 10 points on 4 of 16 shooting. Elsewhere in New Orleans, the Pelicans with a 119-100 to victory over the Warriors to trim Golden State's series lead to two games to one. Anthony Davis, 33 points, 18 rebounds, and four steals on the night. Rajon Rondo also with 21 assists as the Pelicans shot 58% from the field and led by as many as 25 points in the third quarter before they pulled away for the double-digit victory. Online car shopping can be confusing, not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car, so visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. In Major League Baseball, the Dodgers had four pitchers combined for a no-hitter. First time they've had a combined no-hitter in franchise history. They shut out the Padres in Mexico four to nothing. Chris Taylor and Kike Hernandez each with home runs there for the Dodgers. The Angels with a five-nothing victory over the Seattle Mariners as Albert Pujols became the 32nd player in MLB history to record 3,000 hits. 
Astro shut out the Diamondbacks eight to nothing behind Garrett Cole's complete game shutout. Nine hit, nine innings, one hit, and 16 strikeouts on the night. Cardinals beat the Cubs three to two. Wins for the Twins, Pirates, and Red Sox. Stanley Cup playoffs. The Lightning get a four to three victory over the Bruins in overtime. And out on the home front, with you guys out there in Vegas, the Golden Knights with a five to three victory over the Sharks. They take a three two series lead. Back two straight out of Vegas. Back here in the Geico Las Vegas Fox Studios. RJ Bell across the way at Steve Cofield. Kentucky Derby time. We've got a couple of tips, but I want to hear about this unbelievable 0 for 61. Yeah, by the way, New York Times, did you see the article? Writing, saying that for some sports books, if the Knights, the Vegas hockey team, wins the title, it will be the biggest sports betting loss in history. Pretty devastating. I th- I, I, I don't think. feel bad for him, but oh man, this, this is part of the game. I, I love it. You know, Schadenfreude. Look it up. It's a German <laughs> word, which means you enjoy the pain of others. I've got a. We got to coin a word: enjoying the pain of bookies, because I hate them. Well, here's the great thing for the bookies when it comes to horse racing: they're going to make money. Oh, right. The way the way this whole thing is set up, they've always made money. And you can you can see when you go to sports books for people who have not been to Vegas. RJ, talk about sports books. And I worked in many sports books. I guess I can describe it, right? You walk in and there's a big area for the horse book and the sports book. And the sports book is like a quarter of the book. You're like, really? Horses are that popular? Actually, there are a couple of places that have actually built out separate areas again in 2018 for the horse players. Why is that? It's because the commission, the vig, the juice, whatever you call it, that allows the bookies to win. And in football, it's 11 to 10. You bet 110 to win 100. That's the straddle. Is that minus 110 on each side? Now, a drunk baby. The baby. Now, no one got the baby drunk on purpose. He just got into the vodka. Have you ever gotten a tweet saying, hey, stop talking about this drunk baby? It's I, irresponsible. I, I block those people. Do you? A drunk baby. What if ba- they're verified? <laughs> oh, I'll, you, I'll, you I'll, I'll say. You for a second? I'll say, you know I'm joking. Come on. <laughs> and obviously, though, where I grew up, and I'm going to be candid here. I don't think it happened to me. Let's hope not. They used to get a baby's binky and put a little bourbon on it when the baby was a little too loud. And just that little touch of bourbon relaxed the baby. Now, I don't know if this is true, but some of your old friends tell me that happened to you a good bit. Every day. Until I was like six. So I can't remember anything anymore. I don't but know what happened. A drunk baby flipping <laughs> coins hits 50%, right? Purely random. The whole percentage at 11 to 10, the theoretical win for the bookmaker is less than 5%. So every 100 bucks you bet, you're going to lose less than $5 in the long run. You might win, you might lose, but in the long run, about 5 That same theoretical hold in horse racing is over 20%. I mean, imagine something that the expense of sports betting, of betting, is the VIG. And the expense is over four times as high. And with horse racing, and it's a paramutual. What does that mean? Keep it simple. You're not betting against the bookie. You're betting against all the other betters. All the money's put in the pot. Imagine, and there was over a hundred million bet legally on the Derby last year on Derby Day. Over a hundred million, and then they take their twenty-three, twenty-four percent and say that's ours. You guys can split up the difference. So it's a guarantee. They're making four X. On those race book players, and also it's guaranteed they cannot lose. What's the rake in poker? 
Well, and, and when does it start getting obnoxious where people are like, hey, easy with the rake? Almost every better that's not professional is not particularly price sensitive. Uh, when I had my fi- or when I got my finance degree, you know, obviously there was economics classes, and they talk about you know uh, price sensitivity. Is certain groups will say, oh, if it goes up ten percent, forget about it, I'm done. Other groups, other products goes up ten percent, doesn't even make them blank, right? Sports betters, if they're pros, are obsessively price sensitive. There's a book here in town that offers one hundred five, so that vig goes down from minus one ten to minus one hundred five. They'll drive, they'll have their uh, dogs in the car with the windows up to get that 105 if they're a pro. If it's a, re- if it's a, re- <laughs> if it's a regular, <laughs> I've never used that one before. If it's a regular batter, they just don't think in decimal points. So I, I think it's a situation in general where the average batter is a recreational batter and that's the p- pennies don't matter. Uh, great news. There's a quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. All right. Some of the uh, the derby trends. What's this this crazy trend that you said it's 61 in a row? Yes. And well, it's 61 in a lifetime, which is Ooh. don't expect, don't bet to win a horse that didn't race during his two-year-old season. So think about it. Horse is born. And then they're running during their second year, the two-year-old season. And occasionally a horse doesn't run that whole year. Might be injury, might be some type of immaturity, might be some kind of master plan uh, for breeding purposes. Who knows? Who cares? There's been 61 derby horses that did not race during their two-year-old season. Oh, and 61 in the derby. Oh, okay, fun trend, RJ, but why does it matter? It's because the favorite in the Derby, the number one favorite, Justify, did not run his two-year-old season. So does that mean it's a sure thing he's going to lose? Heck no. All right, things, unusual things, unexpected things. Buck in history, there's a horse in bucking. Buck in history is happens every day, but mathematically, if you want to bet smart, you want history on your side. And that's one reason I think stay away from Justify. I think there's another reason to stay away from that Horace Cofield. It's because there's a lot of recreational money in the Derby. Horse racing's dying because it's so hard to beat it. If you go to those race books, it's really big because each person in those seats is guaranteed money and it's guaranteed big money. But they're pretty sparsely populated, except for the Triple Crown races and a few others. So you're betting against other degenerates, other hardcore horse bettors, almost every race, except Derby Day, other Triple Crowns. You got a lot of people saying 20 bucks here, 50 bucks here. What do they usually bet? They usually bet on the favorites. And we actually have some sound. I did a podcast with Fred Fowler out of Houston, a radio guy in Houston, and he's bet borderline professionally as a horse player. He's a very serious horse player. And he explained on this podcast, and we have the sound, why the Derby offers such a nice opportunity for the batters. The Derby is one of those things where you'll take the rubber band off the bankroll because you will have a lot of dead money in there. And I tell you, the worst thing in the world was Gronkowski scratching out of this race a couple weeks ago because you know how many people were going to bet on him on name alone? And that was all going to be dead money that was going to be in the pools for you to go after. 
But uh, that that's why there's so few races like this that are appealing. Uh, because win or lose, if you if you go ahead and dive into this race over a five year period, you, if you hit two of them, you're going to be really really happy because your return is going to be great. Because there is dead money, there is uneducated money out there, and it's a huge field. So it's everything you want as a horse player. And twenty horses, so there's trifectas and such. If you can hit them, big payoffs. But also, it's and he made the point about Gronkowski. A lot of people betting, there's no rhyme or reason. It's, oh, remember the Sopranos when uh, Tony bet all that money on Meadow something? It's his daughter, so I'm going to bet 30K on it. That seems crazy. And most people are not betting 30K. But I'll tell you this, if you're going to bet 20 bucks and one of the horses remind you, uh, have a name that reminds you of your old dog when you were a kid or your hometown or a girlfriend or your daughter, you know, hey, put it on there. So the money is that recreational, which means it's not smart. So if you approach this in an intelligent way, it's an opportunity. No sure thing, but it's an opportunity. Speaking of that, Fred Fowler, the horse expert, gave us a 50-to-1 long shot that he's betting pretty big on. He's a horse called Combatant. He's in the 20 post. He's trained by Steve Asmussen. And he's been what we call a purse nibbler his entire career. Second, third, second, third. His only win was at Churchill, so we know he can run over the track. He's, he's going to be closing late. He's not fast enough to get up and win. I, I see almost zero chance of that, but he's 50 to 1. I don't need him to win. If he runs third and I've got a nice show bet on him, or if he runs second and, and blows up my exactas or trifectas, uh, and I think he's that kind of horse. He's your classic grinder plotter. And while, th- while those horses don't win the derby, Almost every year, one of them sneaks up and gets into the trifecta at a big price. And and so I like him. He's 50 to 1. So combatants a horse. Now remember, he said not looking to win, more of a show bet. Or if you're doing some tries, throw him in second or third. Fred Fowler, we did an hour on our podcast, Breaking Down the Derby. And you can get that very easily. Go to any podcast player, your favorite one. Search for RJ Bell. It's the latest podcast in our feed. We also do the Dream Preview, which is uh, every Wednesday we do a deep dive handicap, usually about two hours. Obviously, it's free. It's a podcast. Subscribe, and you can check out the Derby Pod before the race tomorrow. Back to the Geico Studios. We'll have a best bet on Boston and Philly. That is the first of two games on Saturday. That's coming up straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! It's straight out of Vegas coming live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. RJ Bell is here. It's Steve Cofield. Best bet time. We've got Philly down 2 nothing. They started the series, RJ, as a minus 500 favorite. I've heard... I was talking to a pro better the other day that actually got Boston back at like plus 475. That's insane how this series has gone as Philly goes back home down 2 nothing. And I'm going to give a best bet on this one. One I'm betting, but small. So okay. it's a, a bet. I'm taking off the rubber band, but a small one. First, though, I always like to gather as much information as possible. You've got a pretty strong take on a matchup in this 76ers Celtics series. Well, I just wanted to talk about big small, right? So Philly has clearly built a big team. Ben Simmons is 6'10", 6'11", playing point guard. Well, what that means is you got to get to the cup if you can't shoot. So the bigs have to take advantage of all that extra size. If they don't, then the other side comes in 
to play. You also got to defend when you're 6'10 against 6'2 guards. And scary Terry, as he's now being called, Terry Rozier, who was second or third on the depth chart behind Kyrie Irving, has stepped up. People really like this guy during the year. Man, he's been awesome. He's averaging about 25 points a game in the series. And here's the other thing. You want to talk about taking care of the ball? Listening to the Celtics broadcast the other night, the radio guy was raving about this one. How about this number? March 25th was the last time Terry Rozier, the point guard, turned the ball over in the fourth quarter. March 25th, 18 games without a turnover in the fourth quarter. On the other side, Ben Simmons, 6'10", 6'11", playing point, turning the ball over, five turnovers in the last game. So you think a size and you think that's an advantage defensively. But as you said, Magic Johnson, the first, the prototypical big guard, was a liability defensively. Uh, less so as a as a very young player, but but throughout his career, certainly not a good defender. Um, Boston plus forty two from three point range in two games, plus forty two, which tends to even out. I mean, the the Sixers uh, have. I think the moment's been big for them. Okay. And it does segue into my best bet. And again, we're taking a long shot here. We're going to the money line. And I'm betting the Celtics plus 400. Really? So 100 wins you four. So you're not going to win half the time. You're not going to win a third of the time. But if we can win 30% of the time, well, that's pretty good if you're getting four to one. Now, here's the rationale. I think it's very possible the crowd, the Sixers, we've talked about down 0-2, boy, that game three. And if you're looking to bet the Sixers, you might want to look in the first half because that momentum, that energy means more down 0-2. But I think if it's tight in the fourth, let's just say that it's a three-point game. I'm not sure it will be. All of a sudden now, a very young, totally untested, Sixers team. I mean, I we've talked about oh LeBron or um Jordan, it took him three, four years in the playoffs to finally get past, past the Pistons. These guys are in their first playoff and they were not tested by the Heat. Now, if they get out a nice lead, they'll be good front runners in this game. But if it's tight in the fourth, boy, I think the stakes for these young Sixers players tightens them way up. And because of that. I think that if you do like the Celtics like I do, instead of taking the nine points, which is the choice, the spread is plus nine, I'm taking four to one on the money line, understanding I won't be winning much, but when I do, big payoff. Lots more NBA on the Saturday show. We start at 10 o'clock Pacific here on Straight Outta Vegas. NFL, too. Recap on the draft. All tons, the, all the win of, totals came out this tons week. Tons of NFL. Any strong thought? Did you see anything... A big adjustment based on the draft. There couldn't have been, right? No, but I will say this quickly: is if you look at the win totals, one to thirty-two, it's almost exactly correlated to the best quarterbacks to the worst. This is a quarterbacks league like you've never seen, and we'll prove it tomorrow night. Jonas Knox is on the way, as you heard. Ten o'clock Pacific Saturday, straight out of Vegas, right here on Fox Sports Radio. We'll see you. Straight out of Vegas. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. 
Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at Viking.com. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.